This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold out here in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. I'm Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer, and I'm out here to hang out at the Senior Bowl and come up with some ideas for who the Saints should draft. They always seem to draft somebody from out of here so make sure to check out wwl.com for the latest content the last piece i posted this morning kind of broke down the three players i'm watching the most closely and that's leaning heavily on the fact that there are saints position coaches out here coaching the tight ends coaching the safeties coaching the quarterbacks and then offensive coordinator ronald curve practices run tuesday through thursday the game is on Saturday, but anyone who covers the Senior Bowl regularly will tell you the action happens at practice. That's what you have to be there for. The game itself is obviously what you're here practicing for, but I do think that from a scouting perspective, a lot more gets learned during practice than it does during the game itself. All that said, the Saints have what I would argue is a pretty significant advantage for a team that does like to use the Senior Bowl as a major scouting tool. I asked Mickey Loomis why this team so often ends up with Senior Bowl players, and he basically said, like, it's not a box they check. You don't have to be at the Senior Bowl to get drafted by the Saints. But generally speaking, when you're scouting, the better you know a player, the more confident you are in in what you see and, and the development that you've seen from them and the skills and what you need to work on, the more you know, the more you tend to like a player, the more you have a roadmap for how that player can be successful. And so getting in there and taking a close look and working guys out is the only way you can really do that. So the Saints, I would argue, have a pretty significant advantage this week because this is the first year the Senior Bowl is kind of amalgamating its staff from across the NFL, right? Like the Saints don't have either head coach, Right? That's going to be Patrick Graham and Luke Getze. But they do have the offensive coordinator for the national team. That's going to be Ronald Curry, the Saints quarterback's coach. They also have three assistants coaching specific positions. That's going to be Declan Doyle. He's an offensive assistant for the Saints. He's going to be the tight ends coach for this game. They have DJ Moore, another offensive assistant for the Saints. He's going to be the quarterback's coach. Corey Robinson is going to be the safeties coach. So... When you're looking at a team that really wants to learn about players it's drafting, what better way to do that than being their position coach in one of the major scouting events that you use? All right, so I think I have teased enough where I'm going with this. And so I went through and identified my top three players, the players that I think fit the Saints the best based on the picks they have, which right now starts at number 40, and also the need for those positions. And also, hey, the coaches are going to be looking most closely at. And I think it's a pretty good indicator when you have your quarterbacks coach 
leading the offense with another offensive assistant as the QB's coach that you should take a long look at the quarterbacks that are going to be under him. And that's who my number one target is here. You know, obviously Will Levis is in town and I'm sure the Saints would love to draft Will Levis. The problem is I don't think he's going to get out of the top 10 picks. And even if you're the Saints and you're looking at getting picks in the Sean Payton trade, you know, you're not going to be able to draft Will Levis at 28. Maybe you do. Maybe he's terrible at these events and he does fall to 28. But in that case, you probably don't want to scout him that closely anyway because you want to fool yourself into thinking he's better than what he showed that made him drop in the first place, right? So I'm not looking at Will Levis. If the Saints end up getting in an area where they think they can draft him, you're going to have opportunities. You're going to have a pro day. You're going to have a combine. So I'm not looking at him. The guy I'm looking at is Jaron Hall, BYU. He's 6'1", 205, not exactly the the prototype quarterback size that you'd be looking for, but I think you can look past that in the modern NFL, right? Like the way teams operate now, you don't need to be 6'4", but you also don't want to be 5'10", right? Like I think that's the that's the middle ground is 6'1", between, you know, Kyler Murray is like 5'8", on a good day. Like, that's that's difficult. Russell Wilson, I'd argue, is 5'10". That's difficult. There's a point where you can't see over your offensive line, and it's somewhere between 6' foot and 5'7". Now, 6'1", 205, it's acceptable as long as you are mobile, you can escape, and you can deliver the ball accurately off-platform because that's what you're going to have to do at that height. You have to make up for the inability to kind of stand in and see over everything by being able to access different areas of the field. That's what Jaron Hall can do. In 2022, we completed 248 of 376 passes. It's about 66%, 3,171 yards, 31 touchdowns against six interceptions. He also carried the ball 86 times for 346 yards and three more touchdowns. So the dual threat ability that I, I would argue you have to have in today's NFL is there. Now, one of my big question marks with him is, does the kind of advanced age impact your view on how he can develop because anytime you're dealing with a BYU player they're going to be a little older right it's the reason that Taysom Hill is on the wrong side of 30 already and he's only been in the league for five years right so Jaron Hall is already 24 coming into the draft and declaring early right so if he's a guy who you're looking at and you're like, okay, he might be two years away, three years away, you're talking 26, 27 before he takes a snap as a starter. That's tough. That's a tough place to be. I mean, look at look at Jameis Winston. He's 29. He's been in the league forever. So it does give you a slight disadvantage, although I would argue that it's not as significant at quarterback as it would be at running back, wide receiver, where you're looking at more explosive type players. So I'm okay with it. And so if you're the Saints and you're looking at Jaron Hall, what I want to see this week, can he make quick decisions? Can he deliver the ball accurately off-platform? Can he grasp an offense? Can he pick up the basic offense that you're going to be running at the Senior Bowl and ace it over the course of a week? If you can do that, then I feel a lot more confident because I think he is a guy who's probably going to be around at 71, maybe even 112, right? I think you could probably get him in the third round. You're not taking him at 40, but he's a guy who I think if you're trying to find a quarterback through the draft who could develop and be something, he's at the top of my list. I'm not saying the Saints are going to draft a quarterback. I would honestly bet that they don't, but if you're scouting a quarterback at the Senior Bowl, he is the guy. Now, one of the things I know people are going to say is, what about Hendon Hooker? 
So Hendon Hooker is here, but he's not working out. He's here for interviews and all that, but he is still recovering from the knee injury, so he won't be doing any of the drills. So you're not really scouting him until later into the offseason. And hey, you draft Jaron Hall, then you can have the BYU brain trust at quarterback. It could be worse with him and Taysom Hill. The other quarterbacks I'll probably take a look at, Max Duggan, TCU, Malik Cunningham, Louisville. These will be very mid to late round prospects if you do end up drafting them. But hey, maybe they're guys you develop down the road. You talk about the BYU brain trust. Maybe you draft Max Duggan, bring back Andy Dalton, and you have the TCU brain trust. Heck, maybe you do both. And that, that would be one interesting training camp. You have TCU versus BYU. But I digress. Let's move on. The other position on offense that I think is really intriguing for the Saints to look at and again, they have an offensive assistant coaching that position, is tight end. Now, I think one area the Saints have really lacked for a long time now, and it has held back this offense, is having a tight end who has who is big enough to hold up as a blocker, to be an asset as a blocker, but also athletic enough to get downfield and stress the scene. Now, you might be saying, well, you know, we had Jawan Johnson. You might be saying, well, I really like Jawan Johnson, and and I don't disagree with you. I actually really like Jawan Johnson too, but he is limited by his size as a blocker. You saw what happened when the 49ers tried to block Hassan Reddick with a tight end early in that game. He ended that game, and it wasn't a dirty hit. He just got in clean, and he took out Brock Purdy's elbow, and so you need that tight end to be able to block. You can't have an elite receiving tight end in those roles all the time if they cannot hold up one-on-one -on, -one on a block. And so that's where you look at Luke Musgrave, and he's 6'6", 250. I think he has a lot of – his frame looks like he can accommodate a lot more weight. I bet he could get up to 260, 265 and really be a solid blocker. And to me, the comp isn't Jawan Johnson. I think you bring Jawan Johnson back, and he is an intriguing guy. And you can run a lot of two tight end sets, and he can be the move tight end. But the guy I look at is Jared Cook. This offense in 2019 – was one of the best you've seen, and it was because Jared Cook was having an elite season. He got hurt late in the year, right? In the game, he had two touchdowns against for the 49ers. He, he got a concussion. I don't think he was ever the same after that. But this offense was moving, and it's because he opened up the middle of the field and made life a lot easier on Drew Brees. And you could say, hey, that's Drew Brees. But one way or another, you're going to have to have a tight end that helps your quarterback. And so, yeah, Luke Musgrave, Oregon State. Now, one of the reasons I think he might fall – on boards is he only had 11 catches for 169 yards and a touchdown in the 2022 season. Now, bear in mind, he only played two games in the 2022 season. So for a two-game total, I'm not complaining about that, right? Those are some pretty elite numbers. You know, you look at the averages, you're talking five and a half catches, about 85 yards a game, not too shabby. He has a lot to like in his skill set. He moves like a wide receiver. He has excellent hands. He has excellent ball skills. Now, I'm not going to compare him to Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is one of one, in my opinion, in terms of what he's been able to do over this long period in the NFL. But the way he moves at his size and his body type, they are similar. They are similar players, and he can do some of the same things. And I think if you're looking at a mid-round prospect who you can – expect to be a plus blocker you can expect to be an asset down the middle of the field and you can be a safety valve for whoever ends up being the quarterback for the saints i like this kid now there's a few other tight ends you can look at right you're talking about will mallory miami davis allen clemson cameron lotsu alabama you know so like their tight end might not be a position 
that the Saints typically target at the Senior Bowl. But again, I think this is a year where you're going to really look closely at those tight ends because you're going into year four, the final year of Adam Troutman. I think he has been a disappointment. I would be surprised if they bring him back. Juwan Johnson's a restricted free agent. I do think they bring him back. But I want to get somebody in who I can profile as that kind of do-it-all tight end down the road. And I think Luke Musgrave could be that guy. So he's a guy I'm watching closely. All right, one more target that I'm keeping a close eye on. And it's another position kind of role that I think the Saints didn't have and it worked against them in the 2022 season. And that's kind of that center fielder at safety that you had with Marcus Williams, a guy who is elite at getting over the top, playing top down, picking off those kind of tips and overthrows. And not having that, I would argue, was a very big factor in why this team just couldn't force interceptions. Like that's where you get interceptions is that role. And while I think Tyron Matthew had a good season, I've been on record saying that I was. I think Tyron Matthew played a lot better than a lot of fans would give him credit for. He's not that kind of typical center fielder cover safety that you want to at least have the option for, right? Marcus May, I don't. I think he's a strong safety. I think that signing is going to end up being a negative one down the road because I just don't think he he's as versatile in that role as it might have sounded when they brought him in. I don't think he can cover the middle of the field. And so that's why I think if you're looking for a young safety, and that's what this team does, right? They don't pay safeties on that second contract. They bring back veterans, which maybe Von Bell is a guy you can bring back, but he, again, he's not a he's not a center fielder. You know, but they'll they'll draft safeties and they'll bring back veteran safeties, but they very rarely pay that second deal for a safety. We've seen it with Malcolm Jenkins, Kenny Vaccaro, CJ Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Williams, Von Bell. They let these guys walk. So you're, you are drafting safeties. And I think Christopher Smith out of Georgia, I think is really intriguing. Now he's 5'11", 195. I think he's a little slighter of frame than you'd want to see at the safety position. But 60 tackles, 43 solo, one forced fumble, one sack, three interceptions, five passes defense last season. Any Georgia player now has the luxury of being able to say you have a championship pedigree. And I do think that means something. I think being a winner means something in the NFL because winning is a skill, in my opinion. It's a skill. It's a habit. It's what the Saints used to have. It's what they don't have right now. You need guys that show up expecting to win. And I don't think the Saints have enough of those guys. I really don't. And so I I like him a lot. Um, If you remember his name, it might be because he's the guy who picked up that blocked field goal from LSU and returned it for a touchdown in the SEC championship. He also had another interception in that game. He also had an interception in that game. So, you know, awareness, ball skills, all there. So he's a guy I'm looking at. And again, you have Corey Robinson coaching the safeties. So he will get a close look at him. Some other safeties I'm going to be looking at. Jay Ward, LSU. Jordan Battle, safety Alabama. You know, Jordan Battle's a guy who I think the Saints would love to bring in. But the question is whether they can get to him. You know, he's probably going to be a late first round pick. But as we've seen in drafts, we saw this with Grant Delpit and Xavier McKinney two years back is safeties have a tendency to drop. You know, like I think everyone likes to value the safety position alongside cornerbacks in the buildup to the draft. But when all is said and done, safeties end up taking a backseat, just like running backs to some of the more skill oriented positions on the field. So, you know, there's a chance maybe Saints really like Jordan Battle and he does drop. Whether it's to 40 is another question. Do you have to trade up to try to get him? That's what the Saints did the last time. They didn't have a first-round pick when they got Eric McCoy. So that's going to be something to look at. But I'm going to operate under the assumption that the Saints 
aren't able to get to Jordan Battle or they don't view safety as a as a second round first pick of the draft type position. A couple other players, you know, and I think you mentioned him last week, wide receiver Trey Palmer. I think that he's a he's a burner and the Saints are going to be looking for a guy who they can bring in to take some of the workload off of Rashid Shaheed. I don't think you're bringing Deontay Hardy back. And Palmer's probably a guy that you can get as a UDFA. And I think that's the route you're going to go. You're not going to use a draft pick on a guy like that, but I think he's a guy who you're going to look at closely. And there's going to be a lot of guys you look at closely in that regard. And I think you're going to end up bringing in somebody. So I'm going to take a long look at him. Former LSU kid, really stood out at Nebraska. Okay, let's try this. Henry Toa Toa, linebacker, Alabama. Anytime you see an Alabama linebacker, you have to look closely because, you know, they've done their work and they they put them out. Andre Carter, edge rusher out of Army. Um, defensive lineman, Siaki Ike out of Baylor, interior defensive lineman. And then interior offensive lineman, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. Just has an offensive line name. And I think that's there's going to be two positions that you look at the Saints did not draft last year that I think that they are going to draft this year in some some capacity is both sides of the interior line. I think you need defensive tackles. That was a position that you really struggled at last year, and I, you, you may lose David on him out of this offseason. And then guard, because I just don't think you can continue to rely on Andres Pete with his injury history at offensive line, which you feel like has been a strength for this team throughout the last several seasons. But by the time you get to week 14, week 15, you're looking at just this patchwork group. And, you know, that's a struggle for a lot of teams, but you got to have the depth and you got to have those players. And so I think that's going to be a position you look at. One thing we didn't mention in the first segment, with Ryan Nielsen in Atlanta, I think that that makes Kentavious Street, David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport, all high priority targets for the Falcons to potentially bring in. So, you know, you lose all three of those guys, you're going to have to replace them somehow. And you might be saying, well, yeah, Marcus Davenport, whatever. You know, you got to fill those snaps. So, you know, I think that's a position where you can probably get by and you're going to put Peyton Turner in a more featured role. I think you should be hoping to do that anyway. But the defensive interior, I don't know what you're going to do. You're going to run Shaitel and Malcolm Roach out there. You're going to run two UDFAs out there and, and call it a day. I don't think you can. I think you have to invest more heavily at that position. But we're going to learn a lot more in the next couple days. I'm going to be out there at practice tomorrow and Wednesday. We're also going to hear from Ronald Curry and I believe Jeff Ireland. We don't know exactly when, but it should be either tomorrow or Wednesday for both of those guys. So we'll be coming back to you with that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it. It's going to be a fun few days. It always is at the Senior Bowl. That's why I love coming out here. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noak. I'm going to be tweeting from all this stuff. Let me know if there's anyone you would like me to take a closer look at. Obviously, these are three players that I mentioned I'm going to be watching. But the Senior Bowl is also a situation where you're kind of just you're taking a wide view and you're seeing who pops. And so that's largely what I'm going to be doing for positions like running back, wide receiver, cornerback. When guys stand out and make you take sit up and take notice, that's what you want to see, and that's how you're going to do the scouting. But we'll be back recording on Thursday with another episode, and I'll be on Sports Talk each of the next few days. It's going to be a lot of fun out here. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and who down.